Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All righty, everyone. Thank you for listening to yet another edition of the Dairyland Talk podcast. I'm Brandon, along with Gage and Adam. We left off hoping the Packers would bring in some energy into Lambeau against the Cardinals. Um, Really lackluster performance is probably putting it nicely. They fall 20-17. to Rodgers gets them in the field goal range. Mason Crosby misses another clutch kick. Um, But first, I think we should probably talk about just the effort we saw in that game. Not much, to be quite honest. I mean, another flat second half. I mean, if I've ever seen one, just really, really awful all the way around. And like you said in the intro, we talked about last week how this is the chance to bring some energy back home and maybe get a push going. Instead, you come out with that performance. Like, you can't pin the game on Crosby by any means because just for 59 minutes and, you know, 50 seconds, it was just awful football, if I'm going to be honest. I, I I can't agree more. Um, I was sitting there watching the game, and I was on a slight delay, um, and I got a notification that he missed the kick. I love Twitter. It's great. Um, and, I tw- and the first thing I tweeted was, if anybody tries to pin this game on Crosby, I swear. Just like if, you, if anybody, absolutely anybody, wants to blame Mason Crosby for that loss, you're ridiculous. If you want to put the Detroit loss on him, fine. Did he have his worst game as a pro? Yes, fine. Blame that one. Do you want to blame this game on him? You're ridiculous. The fact that he even had a chance to make a field goal says mm-hmm. more about how bad the Packers are. It says more about how bad the Cardinals are. The Packers played garbage football. That was one of the sorriest displays that I've seen watching this team in a in forever. They looked more inept than they did last year with Brett Hundley under center. That's perfect. That is the most perfect explanation. They really did. And the, like Aaron, the sorry, go ahead, Gage. No, just I I'm just sorry. I'm just frustrated and ranting. Like Aaron Jones couldn't get anything going and then he disappeared because Mike McCarthy 
hates him for whatever reason. I don't know what his deal is, but he's not a huge fan of his. Um, just Aaron Jones didn't get a carry for two oh, for two quarters, but let's run the Jamal Williams show. Yeah. Um, just the, like going back and watching like clips here and there that I've seen on Twitter and I've just watched myself. Just it's pathetic. Like I just watched a clip a minute ago of Jimmy Graham on a run block. He does he's engaged with Chandler Jones just lets him go and then just just it's just bad it's just bad news like he didn't even try Jimmy Graham has been one of the worst free agent signings in the entire NFL this season I think one of the really peculiar things we haven't touched on yet is how it was snowing in December and we had a dome team and it almost looked like they were more settled in than the Packers were. They they were just playing downhill all game. Like if you watch their like if you watch their defense play any run situation, they just they always looked more on the ball than we did. Like they always looked like they were taking it to us rather than us taking it to them. It was never it, we we never looked like the aggressive team, and that's this team's entire problem is they have not looked like the aggressive kill shot team all season long. They are just going coming out flat and just hoping that they're gonna win by miracles and some other way. It's, and that's not how it works. And my words for that is something I learned in my years playing football and with my dad coaching me in. What the Packers are doing is playing not to lose rather than playing to win. And it's pretty evident that they're playing scared and that they're just out there trying not to lose rather than to put the pedal down and win the football game. I think it's clear. Yeah, and we actually had touched on that. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago. I think I said, you know, McCarthy was almost coaching scared. But then he kind of... He, I wouldn't say he was against Arizona. We saw the uh, sweep to uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, even had a reverse to him. I think it wasn't due to a lack of creativity from McCarthy. No, but speaking of that sweep, though, it's good thing you mentioned that because as soon as that play happened, I wanted just to say on here, it's about time that we saw something like that from the Packers' offense, just any sort of little creativity, anything. I just we haven't seen any creativity, and I don't know. And I think that uh, Mike McCarthy being gone is going to hopefully bring creativity. I think that that's one thing that people are going to take uh, are going to take for granted. They're just going to assume that there's going to be creativity, like with the new coach. And while there's going to certainly be innovation, there's zero guarantee that it's going to be more. McCarthy tried to do some things. He just did. He didn't do. He doesn't do the. The Sean McVay, the Andy Reid, the uh, the Matt Nagy. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He doesn't get so into it like those guys do. And I think that that's where people are like, oh, well, here's what all these hot young offenses are doing. Why aren't we doing that sort of thing? So, But, yeah, it was great to see him actually change it up a little bit. And then it's just unfortunate it was too little too late. Yeah, I can't. I can't agree more with that. Like you said, there's no guarantee that you know we're gonna have anything magical and whoever comes in next in their playbook. But it's just McCarthy's playbook was that of a JV high school football team. So, I mean, it was just full of checkdowns and five yard outs and slants and just awful run calls on third and twos up the gut. Like that, it's just predictable stuff. 
the defenses are going to sniff out like nothing. So I think that that was the big problem with that is the predictability factor and just there, there was nothing else besides simple stuff that he wouldn't change. And then, of course, at the end of the game, I hate to bring it up, but God, do I respect Larry Fitzgerald, that incredible catch, 32-yard gain. Josh Rosen just kind of threw it up. I mean, how many times is this guy going to break our hearts? One too many. I mean, 11-year-old Adam, now 20-year-old Adam. It's like, give me a break in my life, man. But, again, thank you for bringing that play up because my TV is lucky it doesn't have a hole in it. <laughs> and my roommates can stand by me on this one. I just said, I kept saying before the play, I swear to God, I swear to God if they convert this. Lo and behold, they convert it. I was pretty close to putting a hole in something. I could tell you that much. And and not only that, like just let's talk about the play before, just for a brief second. They had the the Packers had the chance to do all they needed to do. They mm-hmm. they all game long. What did we talk about last week? Was they need to put pressure on Rosen and make him make mistakes and then take advantage of it. They were given a gift. Rosen made a boneheaded play to throw the ball back into the field of play. No no receiver in sight. Eddie Pleasant just chilling there, waiting for the ball. And I couldn't be the only one to say who. I could not have been the only one just to say who is that. The only reason I knew about it was because they because they had mentioned it on the broadcast, and I remember seeing a thing on Twitter about them bringing him up because they were so injured. That is the only reason I knew who it was. And then when he dropped it, it's like that's that's the season right there. This is why, like that, is why they have the record that they have. Uh huh. And then, of course, after the game, we get the tongue-in-cheek, heartbreaking news that Mike McCarthy is was let go, fired um, by Mark Murphy, the president of the organization. Uh, what were you? What were you guys' initial thoughts when you saw that news? Um, I mean, first reaction was just kind of okay. Now it's over with. Um, bittersweet to say the least, just because in the time right now, it's just, he had to go. He, he absolutely had to go. It was the right decision, but I mean, what, what he did for the Packers organization for all these seasons, the, the Super Bowl, the countless playoff appearances that, you know, they didn't amount to anything, but still, I mean, a lot of teams would do a lot of things to get to the playoffs eight years in a row, let alone winning a Super Bowl. So you have to just you have to thank him for what he did for the team, but also understand that it was time to make a change. And you know, he just—it's not that he can't coach in the NFL today. It's just it wasn't working with the Packers anymore. Um, initial response reaction for me was actually just pure shock and surprise. Like I was sitting on the couch, and when it when it first came across my phone, I I had to triple take. I was like, "There's no way that like there was no way yeah. that they fired him in season." Now, like after initial thinking and hearing uh, and seeing Twitter a little bit was kind of the idea that, yeah, it's weird that they're firing him in season, but at the same time, it's they're firing him in season to almost save him some face. Like there's no reason to make him play out the rest of those games because he's not he's not do like he he's gonna he's gone anyway so it's almost just saving his face and he's not having to play out the string as i've seen it affectionately called i agree i'm i'm with you gage i was i was <coughs> stunned that murphy had the gall 
And, and, and props to Murphy, especially after sticking with Ted Thompson for probably a two or three years too long to just go ahead and pull the trigger on McCarthy. I just uh, I want to give props to him for, for making that tough call and standing by it. Yeah, no, it, it, I was also shocked. I do want to throw that out there. I wasn't ex- – you uh, the season point had something to do with it, that the fact that they fired him midseason, but the shocking part for me was immediately after the game. I would at least have expected them to wait till Monday morning, you know. Exactly, yeah. But right after the game is what threw me off. But then again, I could understand that. A loss that bad, it'll you kind of just had to do it that way. I completely agree. Um, I was really, I was surprised that it came on Sunday rather than Monday. Um, I just, I, I don't know the reasoning. Uh, I think sometimes that uh, that you see them wait until the day after our um, team's traveling. Um, obviously, the Packers had a home game, so there wasn't any traveling to be done. Um, and I, obviously they said that they were going to start their coaching search immediately. And there's there's only a select mm-hmm. few coaches that they can hire right now, which are college coaches. Lincoln Riley, hello. Um, but uh, they're but at the end of the day, they it was it was going to be done either the that day or the next day. And I think that them playing at home was part of like part of it. And maybe I'm just weird for thinking that, but. If the, I think if they're on the road and they lose the exact same way, I think they wait until the next day, or at least like, or at least until the team gets home that night to make the decision. Or maybe they just wanted to have Joe Philbin as much, give him as much time to make all the ch- ch- uh, like decisions that he has to make to put them in a place to win uh, this week against Atlanta. That kind of like brings a question to my head that there had to have been some sort of prior conversation that hey if we lose this game are we going to let him go you know a couple hours after because i don't think after the game ends at four eastern time and three hours later mccarthy's out of the job i don't think you can come to that decision in a three hour period like that uh, yeah i think murphy and goot were probably just stunned at the result from sunday how badly the team responded and i think it was just kind of when you compile the whole season together, it was boiling up to this point where the players really weren't buying into McCarthy. And I think that even became more prevalent on, I believe it was Tuesday or maybe it was Wednesday when they, um, a couple players, I think Philbin announced that there were more players, um, in the facilities for a voluntary workout that guys were really, um, starting to take things more seriously with McCarthy gone. That and when the news broke, I mean, we already knew it anyway, that Rodgers would routinely change the play call out the line. I mean, we already knew it, but we had confirmation now when the news mm-hmm. came out. So I, that also kind of spills into that. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I zoned out a little bit. I zoned out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, bro. I was, I was reading something on Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a gay gauge. Let's just give our, our top three candidates. I'm sure we could all list more. I'll just give my top three candidates to step in as the head coach. My number one is Josh McDaniels. Um, my number two is Lincoln Riley. And my number three is a dark horse, uh, Dabo Swinney. Um, Adam, you want to go next? 
my mine's not gonna be much different. My top two are the same. Josh McDaniels, that would be amazing. Lincoln Riley, I would like to see. My third, bring this man back to the NFL, Jim Harbaugh. You can't knock the success he had with San Francisco and what he's done with the Michigan program. I think he he would be a nice dark horse as well. Um, so for me, uh, actually one, this is something that I've seen a couple of times. Like I thought about it and I've seen it on Twitter and read it in a couple other places. Um, I like Dave tube, um, last year, uh, when all the bears talk was going on, there was a bears and, uh, bears and Colts talk for their coaches. There was a lot, a lot of competition about him as a candidate. Obviously we see Nagy ended up getting the job and he's done an amazing job there. Um, tube, uh, tube is the head coach and he's obviously a special teams guy, which would drastically help us in an area that we have struggled in. And, um, I've heard, and I've seen some chatter of tube as a head coach and then possibly getting Lincoln Riley to come as an offensive coordinator. Um, I would love Lincoln. I, I would love Lincoln Riley, um, as like a possible successor. Um, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on him as a coach yet, just because, they're him and Rogers are so similar in age and we know Rogers has said that he wants a head coach. That's that basically he's res- like, he can respect and has like, and like he's, he's got the resume or whatever. And what has Lincoln Riley got? He's got no college championships and some, a couple of years running and gunning in the big 12. Does that mean that I think he can't be successful? Not at all. I think that he could come in and revolutionize the Packers offense and have Rodgers throw for 7,000 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. And then the thing with Josh McDaniels is, like, I I love him, and I'm not trying to pick you guys apart your guys' list at all, but that's just kind of how I am as a person. I The thing about McDaniels is we've seen instances of him and Brady getting into it a lot, just – just going at each other and while i think that's good because that shows that he's willing to like go at his quarterback when he feels it's necessary with rogers being somewhat of a temperamental beast at times is that a risk that you want to run you want to run the risk of your head coach and your mvp quarterback getting into it and then being done with each other after a few weeks do i think that would happen no not necessarily but i think it's possible but anyway, my for me it'd be tube, and then uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Zach Noble in there. Um, he's a mm-hmm. interesting he's an interesting candidate that I've seen a lot. Um, he's he's more of a QB he's a QB coach right now, but he's uh, he is in that Sean McVay tree and that tree I think is gonna start bearing a lot of fruit over the next few years. Um, and then I'm going to put, and then I'm going to put Lincoln Riley as my third. I'm not a huge Josh McDaniels fan. Uh, obviously for those that don't know, I'm from Indiana. So I was mm-hmm. right. So I was right around when the, uh, Josh McDaniels thing happened. I actually wrote an article that I then had to take down because after I posted it, McDaniels decided he did not want to be the coach anymore. Um, but I, so I, so I don't think that he would do that again, but I'm not really sold on it. And I honestly don't think he's going to leave new England and he'll just take over for Belichick when Belichick retires. But yeah, so tube, uh, tube noble, and then Riley for me. I think we could all just hope it's somebody that's going to get us some wins. That That's all we could ask for. I know. I know. I, I, mine was way too long winded, but that's how I am. Yeah. Prioritize winning for sure. It's definitely someone who can uphold the brand of the Packers. I really am having a tough time seeing them draft or not draft. Um, 
um, hire someone from the college ranks without NFL experience. So that's why I think maybe uh, Jim Harbaugh has a, a better shot than Lincoln Riley, just because he's been in the NFL before. Um, I could see him over Riley just because of that aspect. I mean, his personality too. He's, he, uh, what I've seen, obviously I don't know Jim Harbaugh, but what you see with him is with his players, he's just a lovable guy. So I think his energy would be something that the Packers locker room needs as well. He's always just an upbeat guy and always just, he seems just happy to be there and love in the game. And I think that's something they can use a lot around the locker room for sure. I agree with that. I, I just, I, I think that I, it just, it scares me a little bit when you see a guy going straight from college to the NFL and it doesn't mm-hmm. always work or if it works initially, it doesn't continue to work. See Chip Kelly. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Plenty of examples. That, that we learned. You can't do that. And the reason I have McDaniel's as my number one is is because I, I I'm aware of his you know fiery personality, especially that he displayed with Brady. I just think that could possibly be a good thing um, because I don't think McCarthy really challenged. Uh, Rodgers in that aspect, so I think that may light a fire under the rest of Rodgers' career, especially to have a younger guy um, more in tune with today's uh, offenses in the NFL. I just, I think Josh McDaniels gives them the best chance to win right away. And that, that's also part of my reason is that fiery attitude. And my other reason is just simply because he's worked alongside of Bill Belichick for years, and Tom Brady as his quarterback. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that just speaks for itself. When you work next to a mastermind for that long, you're going to start to catch some of what he has. And I th- just any sort of mentality like that, bring along. I, they're more than welcome. I agree with that, and I get it. And I'm, I'm not. And I think Josh McDaniels will do better this time as a head coach than he did uh, when he was in Denver. Now, some of those Denver struggles are a bit over exaggerated because of poor talent like Tim Tebow was his starting quarterback and before that it was Kyle Orton um and I think that he definitely is more mature and smarter now than he has been in forever because of being next to Tom Brady and under Bill Belichick and whatnot um but I've also another thing to kind of consider is a lot of people are like how much of McDaniel's success has to do with New England and how they are with everything because like look at it like this way or look at it this way Matt Patricia consistently had the Patriots as one of the top defenses in the NFL yeah they struggled a little bit last year but they turned it on closer to the playoffs look at what the Detroit Lions are doing this year up until they traded for Damon Harrison they couldn't stop anybody Mm -hmm. and that like Darius Slay and Damon Harrison are are the main driving points in that defense and there's nobody else so if Josh McDaniels leaves yeah he's got he gets to go have Aaron Rodgers but does Mm -hmm. he is he necessarily going to continue to be successful or was a lot of his success driven by New England being this machine that confuses everyone in the NFL no that's definitely valid because to me that's pretty much the same as like is it the player or the system to beat um you know we, we could speculate all we want throw whatever out there but we do know one thing is for sure Bruce Arians will not be coming to Green Bay I hope not I hope he doesn't he wants I'm not yeah everyone else fair game right now well I have I let's just give 
uh, a couple names of who we don't want them to hire. Um, these are actually two guys I had originally listed who I thought had a pretty good shot. But then again, they're guys I really don't want to see hired. It's John DeFilippo um, and Matt Moore, both offensive coordinators. I really hope those guys are not the ones they decide to go with. Gage, uh, you go ahead. I gotta get. I gotta think about this for a second. All right, my list. Uh, it's it could be really, <clears throat> really long. I'm not gonna make it that long. Um, Urban Meyer, definite no. Don't want him. Don't want to touch him with a ten foot pole. I think that when he retires, he should stay retired. Um, Jeff Fisher, I obviously. And then, and then these are these are obvious. These are just like obvious ones. Uh, I don't like the Ben McAdoo idea. I've heard some people thinking that like maybe he could come back and help redesign, like help revitalize like this offense because the offense was pretty good under him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want. Um, anything to do with the Hugh Jackson and Bill Parcells tree um, or the Marvin Lewis idea. Right. Um, it, no but, defensive uh, guy. No defensive guys. I would love to see Mike Pettin stay on. Um, I know I, the one one thing that I've kind of seen on Twitter a little bit is people are like, oh, let's have Mike Pettin be the head coach. Or oh. it's, it's like he doesn't want to. If anybody – this mm-hmm. I might have talked about on the podcast before and I've written about it and talked about it on Twitter and blah, blah, blah. He said during the offseason he doesn't want to be the head coach. He doesn't want to. He wants to be a coordinator because it's less stuff to manage. He likes it. So yeah. I'm okay. So if the, whoever they bring in is not a de- – because I think they're definitely going offensive. And I would love for the the guy to come in and be like, you know what, Mike? Let's give you a shot. Let's give you another year, see what you can do. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll move on to somebody new. Mm-hmm. But if it's out, then we can keep – then we can bring you back for additional time after that. That's what I would love to see. Um, but guys that I don't want to see, I don't, I, I don't want to see Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. Um, I think Harbaugh's stuff was a little bit flash in the pan. Um, and then it kind of soured near the end. Granted, again, that was partially due to injuries and quarterback play and a couple of other things, but I just, I was not sold. I think Harbaugh in college works perfect. I think it, um, his, demeanor and the way he carries himself works perfect in the college game. I personally, I'm a, I love seeing him in the college game in the college atmosphere. I think it works great. Um, I was, I'm on board with the John DeFilippo as well. Uh, I thought he was an interesting option. And then I think this year as an OC with one of the, with what should be one of the best offenses in the NFL and they're not, doing they're not doing so like you have arguably the best duo of receivers in the nfl like you got juju smith schuster and antonio brown got a case for that um and the, after that it's basically adam thielen and stefan Diggs. if you guys can think of another just top duo like that please let me know but i think that it's basically ab and or i think it's pittsburgh and then minnesota are the top wide receiver duos in the nfl um, but I think DeFilippo, his inability to do anything with that, um, is showing that he's not ready to be a head coach yet. Um, and then I, it, and you kind of took like some of the ones that I liked, um, or would, would be okay with them passing on like Matt LaFleur. Uh, everyone's like, Oh, he's helped do this or that. It's that the Titans offense isn't exactly lighting the world on fire this season. No, not at all. I'm okay with them passing on him. 
Yeah. I know I basically just copied what you said and then added a bunch of words, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> That's all I have for you. For me, as long as it's not gym shorts, do not I, he did not work as a head coach in my eyes. Um, I, I'm just trying to think a little differently here. Todd Haley, I wouldn't want to see Todd Haley. Fair, I like that. I like that option. And, and I'm on the fence with Matt Nagy, but I st- I still wouldn't want to see Matt Nagy either. So I think just this; those are the three guys to me that I've never really been fond of as coaches. There's no way they're going to steal Matt Nagy from the Bears. There is a 0% chance wow. that. Just thinking of guys that I've never in the past just have always looked at teams and just thought, you know. I mean, that's fair. I just – I think there's a there's no way that he's leaving the Bears unless they just crater in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he's leaving. It's just, you know, just names I wouldn't want to see. Fair enough, fair enough. Alien shorts, pretty much just the two that have the most realistic, quote-unquote realistic chance. But yeah. I, I don't even think they'll be in consideration, so I think my worries are – I think they're pushed to the side here. Fair enough. It'll. What will be really interesting for me is who name, who are the names that get leaked that even get called in for interviews. I think that will be really fun, especially to see that unfold on Twitter, to see how everybody kind of reacts to different people being called in for the job. Um, that will be really fun. Um, but let's just get, get through this and get on to the Atlanta game. Um, heading in, Kevin King is going to uh, – he's on IR now for the Wonderful. second straight year. Um, well, which is unfortunate because the defense performs really well and they look a lot different with him on the field, uh, on the perimeter. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how the team responds with Philbin at the helm. Um, what will you guys be looking for on Sunday from the team as a whole? Well, first, uh, when we were talking about this last week about concerns, and I, my concern was if I see Rodgers with that, look of concern in his face and I saw that look I just want to put that out there mm-hmm. so that that's over with push to the side this week you I mean you just said it, the response how how will this team face adversity um Philbin's been here before so it's not like it's it's new blood in in the locker room but he hasn't been a head coach of the Packers before so it'll be interesting to see how they play out with him over the last few weeks but this game in particular it's your first game without McCarthy since 2005 when he wasn't there and Sherman was still there. So that's, that's what I'll be just looking for all the way around. Nothing in particular, just will the team be battling win or lose? Are they going to put up the effort? I honestly, I, I'm not sold. Like, yeah, they changed out McCarthy. And I know a lot of times when a team gets rid of a head coach that it was kind of falling on deaf ears, it does, or it change, it flips the switch. I, I don't think that's going to happen. No. I honestly, I think this team is just broken as currently constructed and needs, like, just shut the lights off and come back in 2019. I, I don't want that. Do I want them to lose out? Not at all. Of course I want them to win. Of course I want them to play hard every game. But I don't think this team can do it. They're just, they just, they can't. Rodgers just looks disappointed angry and everything else every single week and there's so many players that just aren't putting in the effort that they're supposed to jimmy graham was being paid 10 million dollars to show up once every eight weeks and that's just unacceptable you Mm -hmm. got 
half the offensive line can't stay healthy. Corey Lindsley and Corey Lindsley and David Bakhtiari have been great this year. Uh, Brian Bulaga, when he's healthy, has been good. Now, no, mm-hmm. he's not great, but he's been good. He, he gets a lot of flack, but it's mostly just injuries are the only thing that slows him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron Bell needs to be gone. Lane Taylor, I'm going to give him just a little bit more leash because he did play well whenever uh, whenever Josh Sitton was let go. Um, but there's just so much of this team that needs to be gone, and it needs fixed because because I honestly think that it, Atlanta and Green Bay are two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL, and I think this game might be the one of the ugliest to watch this weekend. I think that J.K. Scott could honestly have a lot of work this weekend. Just be, <laughs> and that's and and Atlanta doesn't even have a good defense. Half their defense is on injured reserve. Like Atlanta's been ravaged by injuries this year, and J.K. Scott could very well have one of his busiest games of the season, just because the Packers' offense looks so inept. Maybe they come out on Sunday and surprise me, and they're lighting up the scoreboard, and they're converting ten first downs on drives, and they're just and they're just be playing great, but I'm not sold on that happening. And that's another thing we we didn't we didn't even mention his name. Uh, but I think we all might be able to agree um, we don't want to see Joe Philbin as the coach. Uh, am I alone in that? No, I thought it was implied that he was on yeah. my list of guys. I don't really yeah. think that it's going to happen. I think it would be just yeah. more of the same. Yeah, that one's unanimous for sure. Okay, good. All right. Like, so, what was just... he as a position coach? Sorry for interrupting. Like, what was he as a position coach before he was an NFL or before he was a coordinator? Um... Like, Receiving? Um, uh, let's see. It looks like he was an offensive line guy. So, yeah, I definitely don't want to see him back because the Packers' offensive line coach is actually really good. Yeah, he was a, a line guy um, pretty much his whole – from his start, even with um, North uh, Northeastern. Yeah, even from what I'm seeing in college, he was mostly an offensive line guy. So – I'm completely okay with them letting him go and hopefully keeping on the team's current offensive line coach, whose name is escaping me right now. But, um, but I, yeah, I think Joe is going to coach out these last few games. Oh, mm-hmm. it, James Campen, that's what his name is. I, so yeah, he's awesome. I, so I think that yeah, he turns fourth rounders into Pro Bowlers. And it's uh, and I love it. Um, but I think Joe's going to coach out these last few games, and then he, that interim tag is going to be dropped as his that coaching title. Um, I think he's going to be lucky to go find uh, offensive line coaching gigs somewhere else because I think this was his shot to show that he can still be a coordinator slash coach. And I don't think that he did nearly enough. I think he actually hurt his case. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. All righty. Well, let's just go ahead and wrap things up. Let's give Joe Philbin the benefit of the doubt for these last four games. Who knows? Maybe the team will actually respond and rally and win some games. Um, but thank you, Adam and Gage, for another great week, another great session. And let's join uh, next week and talk about what we thought and how Philbin did in his debut. Uh, thank you, guys.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.